As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. We could form a band like on Mamma Mia and be like a band, all of us. Welcome back to The Big Payoff. I'm Suzanne, and I'm here with my better half, Rachel. You got that right. Suzanne, you and I have been so busy this week, I haven't even talked to you. What you been doing? You know, I've been trying to read more. That's been like one of those goals of mine. And you know I'm so into dystopian novels. That's like a a geeky thing of mine. Like I I do, although I don't know why you would be reading that now when we're living in one. I know. Well, first of all, I, I ran to go get the Hunger Games prequel. I hope everybody out there did too. But in the meantime, before I read that, I have to finish reading Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel, which I hope others have read Glass Hotel. But her book prior to that, bizarrely, is about a pandemic. Like, actually, Rachel, like people going on to ventilators. You're reading How weird a is book that? about a pandemic and ventilators? Why? Yeah, Sarah, because Sarah Jessica Parker re- recommended Oh, and it. you do whatever she says? Good Lord. Hell yeah. So anyway, what's crazy about this book is that as the, the book moves on towards there being a population of people who were born after the pandemic started, and then there are older people who, you know, remember it. The, the world before, that's what they call it. There's the world before, that's just capital B, and after. You realize that maybe we're in a moment like that too. Like there's this whole group of kids who will never question grabbing a mask before going out the door. And then there will be all of us who are like, well, let me tell you about when I was little, we used to be able to go out to the playgrounds and not, you know, like how weird is that, I, I right? Mean, it's really true that like everyone's going around now saying, we need to totally rethink the future because there's no turning back and like all bets are off and, uh, you know, there's no going back to what we were. And if that's true, it leaves us in this weird space of like, well, if I can't project forward based on where I've been, then there's this big blank. Okay. The phrase all bets are off is my least favorite phrase. Wait, well, your least favorite phrase is, um, oh, God, 
It has to do with calendars. I'll think of it during this podcast. Oh, no. When but people anyway. go, I'm out of pocket when they mean... Yes. That, I was just going to say that. that. you don't you, have any money. And Right, right. Out of commission. Yeah, I'll be out of pocket. Yeah. Okay. My least favorite phrase is all bets are off. That and don't am asking to pick my brain, which we've talked about. So this is how I deal with that. When people, because I get the sentiment behind it, which is we can't predict the future. There's no point in making plans intellectually. Of course, I get that. But Rachel, I think that what you and I do really well in the face of the unknown, which is most of our careers, where <laughs> we're sitting in rooms facing things we know nothing about, being paid a shit ton of money to pretend we do. We, we don't know the answers, but the things we've always had a lot of confident, uh, confidence about is asking the right questions. Yeah. That if we can at least figure out the questions to ask, then we are confident we're going to get to the right answers. Remember when we changed all of the proposals we were making to clients from telling them what we were going to do to telling them only the list of questions that we were going to answer. And that, and, and, and if, and, and because we could land on exactly the questions we knew they had, yeah. it was like, like everything. Yeah. First of all, we stole that from your sister, Julie. Okay. That said, it was game changing. And so that's what we're talking about on the podcast today is that if you know the questions to ask right now in this moment, and it's not just because of COVID-19, it's with Black Lives Matter and racial injustice and everything causing us to rethink, that it's okay if you don't have the answers as long as you're asking the right questions. And in fact, Milo, your grandson, has taught us a couple of really good questions to kick us off because we've discovered that he has at least two that trust us if you're in a meeting and you ask these questions right out of the mouth of a almost three-year-old, they will stop people in their tracks. Right. Like my favorite from our last podcast, right? Why your tummy not hurt? Right. Why your tummy not hurt? Now, if you think about it, there really is no answer to that question. None. But none. It was kind of a conversation stopper. And yet I think stopper. <laughs> if you say that in a meeting, it might get, you know, get people's attention. The other one I like yeah. is um, when I said to him, when he was pretending he didn't have any hands and then he punched his hands yeah. through his sleeves and I said, yeah. oh my God, it's a miracle. And he said, why it's a miracle? And I think that's yeah. another good question that we should be asking a lot. I, I agree. So just the, if you don't even continue with the podcast from here on out, game changer questions right there. Um, but if you're going to continue on with us, um, let's get to the four big ones. Put on your masks. Um, Let's get to it. Over your nose, please. Like, what the fuck? These people walking around with masks on their mouths, and I keep signaling them to, like, please pull it over their nose, and they think I'm saying hi or something because they just smile at me. <laughs> Unacceptable. I have someone in my house who wears his mask like that. His name rhymes with Mavid. <laughs> Mavid frown. Let's get to the questions. Why are tummy not All right, so let's let's go through the questions that you know, we didn't, you know, it would, it was sort of like, a, oh, you should ask these questions before now. And now it's like, no, you must ask these questions now. And we find ourselves asking them all the time. So the first question that we must ask is who's at the table? Right. So it, when we start to now look at the world differently in terms of who is actually having meaningful conversations about big ideas? I mean, this really, to some extent, went back to 
the Trump administration and who were the very best people he was hiring. And really, we were just talking about it this morning, Rachel, out on the walk when you were talking about um, a friend of yours who was saying it's always about who you're putting around you. So the question we're talking about now really in terms of diversity, inclusion, equity, who's at the table? I have the best example of this from yesterday. So yesterday I'm going through my Instagram feed and I see an announcement for a discussion and the topic is the future of the workplace or the workplace of the future, doesn't matter. And the, and the participants have some diversity of, of, you know, ethnicity, all men, just all men. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, like, who, wait, how is it possible that, that no one stopped that panel at the door? Forget stop the no panel. There, think about all the planning that had to go into it and the invites and then the photos and the brochure. And it's like, and nobody said, um, there are no vaginas in this room. Right. I mean, we certainly should be asking that now if it were all white people on that panel. So just who's at the table, right? Basic question right now. Right. But it's, it isn't just who's there. That's, that's one angle of who's at the table. But what are you going to do with them when they're there? What happens in that room at the table? Yeah. So then it's a question of like, well, so, okay, now you have the people in the room Look around the room, and so this is sort of part two of that question. Now who's doing the talking? Because it can't just be representation. Like, oh, we have, you know, people of all different, you know, spaces, races, ages, backgrounds in the room. Not enough. I went to a board meeting, Rachel, um, a week ago, and now it's on Zoom. And what's so interesting is how many times people have that, like, you know, the graphic up, the Brady Bunch graphic, and you just spend your time just scrolling through it, right? Just like click, click, click through the screen so that you see everybody on the screen and it all looks like, oh, this is such a fabulously diverse board now. They've worked so hard to make it so diverse. Meanwhile, the entire time, the only people who spoke were men. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a woman or where he have bonfire. It was like honestly so jarring to me that I, I didn't, I was, no pun intended, I was speechless. A- and I kept wanting to sort of jump in, but it was man after man after, and so it's not just enough to have the right people in the room. Whoever is facilitating, leading, choosing people to speak because on Zoom, You can't all, everybody's on mute. So who comes off mute is often the choice of of the facilitator or not okay. Right. And and actually this is is what was raised to us recently um, by Cara Wright, I think about the difference between equality and equity, right? Equality is really representation. Like is everybody at the same table, in, in the same seats, in the same room, having the same conversation. Step one, that's really about representation. Equity is about what are you doing to ensure that the needs, the different needs of all those participants are attended to so that you're coming to the table in the same way, starting from the same you know, position in the race or in the conversation. And, and that just never happens. It's like, let's get everyone in the room, Make sure it's inclusive and then just run the meeting the same way and expect different things to happen. 
So I did this little exercise to try to get more people talking, something I never would have done, where I started off a, a session that I was having on Zoom. And you know, everyone's on mute. And I think you can get really used to that. It's no different than if you're in person and everybody can get really comfortable just being silent. Uh, not me. And letting, let what? Not me. I'm never comfortable well, being silent. Well, that's fucking shit sure. But, you know, even for someone like me who's an, you know, introvert, and, and I've said this on our Tom Yorton show, that there were times when I was in meetings and I was comfortable knowing you would fill in the space and you'd pick it up. And I was like, okay, well, then I don't have to talk. I actually, at the very beginning of the meeting, did a little quick round, like a little lightning round that add everyone needing to say something. And it's almost like a vocal cord exercise. Like once everybody just opened their mouth and had to come off mute, it was like, oh, I can do this. I have a voice. Everybody started talking. And then, you know, the, the flip side of that is, um, you know, our colleague B had this great shirt on oh God, that we I fell in love with that I think we can all just wear to meetings and, and you can kind of shrink down a little bit and then when needed, pop up your boobs because it's right across your chest and it has in big, bold letters, say less, just say yeah, less. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, I didn't pay attention to it, but, I, but seriously, I do now in a way that I just rarely did before. I'm very sensitive to um, the frequency with which I'm contributing my voice. And then also... Really? <laughs> yes. Are, really? Yeah. And then... This is fascinating yeah. new information yeah. for me. And then, and, but then huh. also really recognizing, and this is true, I think, well, it should be true for all white people, but it really is true for me and for you, I think, that when we say something, in a way, it used to be like, look, we've been at this professionally for like two decades, two and a half decades, and so we know what we're talking about, so this is the way it is. Now, we are beginning to say, at least, this is my opinion. This is the way I see it. Just do other people see this differently? You don't do that. <laughs> you don't do that, but... I've started to do that. <laughs> no, I'm just still like bouncing over the fact that you're trying to say less. I think that's great, right? <laughs> I figured you would support that. <laughs> so here's the second question that I think is a must ask now in a way that just wasn't before. Whom are you listening to? It's not just what you're saying. It's like, what are your inputs? Who 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 are you watching? Who are you listening to? Who's in your Instagram feed? What are your influences that get you to this opinion, this work, this way of being? Yeah. And look, having young adults in your world or your household, your home is super helpful with that, I will say. And for all the joking around people do about being on social media, I will say if you aren't regularly on social media, now is actually a good time because the voices that are accessible to you easily are, are just fucking sitting there. So, so watch them and listen to them. And actually, fun story for you listeners. Often on this podcast, I've, I've referred to Rachel as having the wrong career because she should have been in the CIA. So we were talking about the fact I, that one of our clients... How do you clients, know that I wasn't? <laughs> right. Well, well, maybe. Maybe we'll, we'll find that out right now with this example. So we had a client, have a client, 
God, our clients dread when we talk about them. Um, so we have a client and we were worried about the fact that he was really sounding flat footed. Like his voice was just like, okay, you sounded flat footed before. And now in this current environment, you sound worse. And so I was just like, who is he listening to? Like, is it even possible that he hasn't picked up a fresh book or started listening to new black voices or, or got, changed his Instagram feed? And he's like on Instagram a lot creating content. And so you said, I said, you can find out. Why don't we just go and, and see who, you know, who he's following and in what order, because it comes up in the order that you were following them. So let's just see over the last months whether he's added anyone to his feed. And Suzanne was like, first she spent 10 minutes going, can you do that? Can you do that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I'm like, uh, yes, it's pretty basic. I was like, how do you do that? Is that, is that okay? Is that, is that legal? So, so I really want like, everyone um, to recognize yeah. that the fact that she thinks I'm in the CIA is that she's just so stupid about these things that it's like, yep, compared to you, I'm in the CIA. So we go on to his feed, and it's like literally in the last 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, he hasn't added anyone, and yet he continues to create content. And we're just like, who are you listening to? Well, clearly you haven't started listening to any new voices, any new, you know, anyone in the BLM movement, anyone who's commenting. And so it really is a moment where if you aren't getting new inputs right now, then how can you have new outputs? It's just not right. And, it's and, just and so, not so when we say, you know, you really should be, social media is a tool for you. It depends on how you use it, right? You can use social media to like create a safe bubble space for yourself, which only exacerbates the problem, or you can use social media to get out of your bubble, but you have to be conscious about it and listen to new voices. So I, I think that's really yeah. important. And we definitely, definitely are. I have stopped oh. listening to you and I've started listening to other people and it's, oh my God, it's so refreshing. Uh, okay. Well, use new tools or you might be a tool <laughs> is the mantra. Okay. So let's go to the next question. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The third question that I think is a must ask of this moment is what if, because all, anyone who has kids, anyone who's thinking about school is asking, well, I'm asking, well, what if Joey can't go back to school in the fall? I have a daughter who's trying to get into the workforce. What if she can't start her job? Um, anybody who's in K through 12 education or needs childcare? Well, what if I can't get childcare? It is a question 
I mean, who would have asked this question seven months ago? What if my child doesn't have school, doesn't go back to second grade? What, what if I mean, you built a business surreal. built on physical cohort convening and companies have a policy that you can't put people in the Convene. same room? Yeah. Like, just, what, what I if? Mean, right. Right. But I mean, really, Suzanne, you and I have a different way of approaching that, right? So, I mean, it's obvious you have to ask that now, but I have a very short leash on it. In other words, I get very impatient with extensive scenario planning on like scenario A, scenario B, scenario C, because in the back of my mind, I have this loud voice going, this is complete fantasy and bullshit. We do not know. So all I do is cast my fishing rod out into the lake just as far as I can see and go, okay, so immediate alternatives are this. And beyond that, I got to wait until I get there. And I'm okay with that. I really am okay with waiting to know more rather than painting all the scenarios from what I know now. And you and I are different that way. I, I For me, I like to go through a more complex exercise of having a bunch of different answers to the what if, even knowing that none of them may pan out. Like I'm not, fa I'm, I'm not tricking myself into thinking that any one of them is a solid plan. It's more like I'm in like a, a camper mode who is like a, a girl scout who's like, well, if it rains, well, if it snows, well, if my tent falls, like what am I, you know, it's like, I, that is a calming exercise for me. And I always assume, and this is where I think a sense of sort of like you and I do share this of, and I'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, we, like, and if that collapses, I'll figure it, it out. It's really true. And I remember hearing this once, and I remind you of this a lot, and we remind ourselves of this, which is that trust, having trust or having faith is not have faith or trust that everything's going to turn out the way you want or the right way. Just trust that this is going to go the way you want it to go. That you cannot trust. But what you can trust is that however it turns out, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We will figure it out. And that is the bedrock. Yeah, that's the, that's the mantra. That's the mantra. You know, I'll end this part by just saying that I have this mantra with Joey, with my youngest son, that I've been saying to him since he was really little. And I don't know that I, you know, I don't know that I always have believed it when I've said it, but it, it came from this place of belief at some point where I, I say, say to him endlessly, everything's always going to be okay if we're together. Like everything will turn out okay if we're together. And maybe it came from like the time when he was really little and I just felt like I wanted him to feel some sense of like protection or, but there've actually been so many times when it's like, no, actually, if we just stick together on this, like we'll figure it out. And, and I think that that's really what we have to just know right now is like one way or another, so then we'll figure this what's out. What's going to happen when you die? Suddenly he's going to fall apart and go, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, not to get morbid or anything. Okay. <laughs> that is a great way to end this little question segment. So thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, final question. This is the last one. And if you're not asking this question all day long, 
I don't know what planet you're, if you're not asking this question all day long, then you probably like are one of the like, you know, people who don't believe in that there's COVID. Right. Maybe you are, but if maybe you don't believe there's COVID. Um, but the question that you have to be asking that you were definitely not asking yourself five months ago, six months ago is the question, is it worth the risk? Is that worth the risk? Is this worth the risk? Cause literally like the minute you leave your home, this is a question. The minute you step outside to do anything, absolutely, this is a and not just to you, but to the people that you protect. I mean, I've been saying this for a while that somebody should have the wherewithal—not just the idea, as I do—to make masks that have printed on the mask the names of the people that you are protecting, right? Because it's not just yourself. Is it? A, is this worth? A, I think about it all the time because Lily, my oldest daughter, is pregnant. And um, wait, what? <laughs> and so, I mean, I have to kind of do a vision of like, is this? It might be worth the risk to me. I mean, I might be willing to die in order to get my brows done. That's true. But I don't. <laughs> but but I don't want to put my daughter at risk for me to have pretty brows. And, it, and it's everything, right? It's not just, is it worth it to get a manicure? Is it worth it to invest, you know, time, energy, or money? Like, is it worth it to hire that person? Is it worth it to step in your office? Is it worth it to like, you know, go out to dinner outside? Is it worth it to take money out of the stock market? Is it worth it to like put your kid and in, by a, the in way, a childcare center? Sometimes it is. Sometimes you'll even yeah. surprise yourself yeah. by going... You know, like right now I'm talking to Lily a lot about the babysitter crisis, right? And yeah. we're sitting there going, and she says, well, but, you know, I, I don't, if I hire a babysitter and I can't control his or her movements completely, like, is it worth it to hire? And maybe she'll decide it is because she's going to go fucking bonkers if she doesn't have a babysitter. So. Well, people have been saying this from the beginning of this, of the pandemic, which is there are other costs, right? Mental health, people's homes aren't safe. People's homes are, you know, have abuse, neglect and, and everything. So there's, that's the whole point of this question. There's a cost benefit analysis to everything we're doing right now. And you have to ask this question, right? Um, uh, brows are a big part of it. Huge part of it. You know what? The, the first, the, the first time seriously was the hair color thing. Like women across oh, yeah. America were like, yeah, yeah it's worth across it. The across the world. Across the yeah, world. Across the world. So the, the, the other risk, you know, that really is up for people now, especially in, in light of the whole national conversation around racial injustice is the 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 risk of speaking up in the room right the risk of saying to your colleague whom you love and you don't want to shame in front of others um that was that was an insensitive thing to say i, I really wish you would rephrase that or um that just offended me that is a risk it really is a risk that people and they will if they're not saying it they'll be thinking Oh my God, this political correctness, it's going to be the death of us. We're not going to be able to be authentic. It's a risk. So yeah. you have to ask yourself, what is the price of not saying it? Yeah. I had a conversation recently with a good friend of mine who was talking about a colleague and, and she's black. And she was talking about a colleague of hers who she's really close with, who's white, who has just gone to the edge of being supportive privately but publicly is not willing to body block like verbally. 
and and it's noticed, right? It's like there's there's a moment where if you're not speaking up, then that's a choice to not speak. And just know that it's it's a uh, Again, no one's here. We all have to make our own choices. But to know that the question that is must be asked is, is it worth the risk? And and I'm trying to say more often than not, especially when it comes to speaking up in rooms, follow the bouncing ball. So if I say that and somebody's upset, okay, all right, let's give it a try. You're so woke. So these are the questions, right? And these are, I don't think, going away anytime soon, even if there's a vaccine. And that's not a doomsday prediction. This is really what we're saying is that these are actually really smart questions because we thought of them and because they're the questions (laughs) that will, will keep you at the macro level so that if you start to sink into that place of like, I have no control everything is crazy. All bets are off. Please come pick my brain. (laughs) Um, I'm out of pocket. If you start to go there and you feel so helpless, just go to these four questions at the right moment in time. And I think that they'll help guide you. I really do. You're so welcome. So let's check it out. I'm going to start because I'm going to go on record by saying that I have my cell MD sitting over there. And I also know several people because they contacted me after our last podcast saying they had also purchased it. I mean, let me see yours. Can you just show me yours, Rach, through the video? I mean, when I say transformation and both my daughters who never, like every time I tell them to do something, it's almost always like, it sucks. And in just that voice. Okay. It, they love it. All right. I'm way, I, first of all, I like putting it on. That's yeah. for shit sure. It's like super yeah. amazing when you put it on. I'm just waiting. How That's often do saying. you do it? Like 80 times okay. a day. Okay. okay. So there's that. So if you bought CellMD last time, I'm just telling you guys, I did too, and I'm still waiting. Okay. There's that. Next. Um, so Ariel, my daughter, um, bought this pasta called Fiber Gourmet Pasta. It's like, like a hundred calories, half the, you know, whatever carbs, tons of fiber. I cannot tell the difference between that and like normal homemade pasta, barilla, whatever. It's so good. It's so like textury. It's not cauliflower pasta. It's not any of that. You can get it online. I, I, I don't know why you would ever eat normal pasta again. Well, and ev- the, brand, the brand is called Fiber Gourmet. Okay, that's great. I'm going to try it. I just want to say that every time I tell my girls that about something that is like low calorie or, you know, some something, you yeah. know, concessionary about the product, they ta- mm-hmm. they go, oh, okay. And they taste it and they spit it out and go, no, not okay. this. All right. Fiber I'm, I'm going to try it. That's the brand. You have to buy that. Br- I'm not saying all pastas of this nature. I'm saying this brand in particular. Okay. I, I'll totally do that. Okay. So this is a, this is a very dated recommendation. I know that, but I'm making it because it is such a joyful moment in my day, perhaps the most joyful moment in my day, which is Dalgona coffee. Easiest thing in the world to make. I don't know whether I'm going to be as obsessed with this in the winter, but in, 
I have it every single morning. Any instant coffee, which I never drink, I'm a big coffee snob, but the best instant coffee you can find, you put that into hot water, right? And then equal amount of sugar. So a tablespoon of coffee and a tablespoon of sugar. And then you get your hand whipper. I have a wonderful hand. Like hand whisk. Wh- yeah, no, I love yeah my electric whisk. Like my matcha whisk. Yeah, like yeah, that would exactly. Work. Yeah. And you whip uh-huh. it. You whip it, whip Uh it, whip it, and then you put it over a cup of, I use oat milk, but you can put it over Uh any kind of milk product on ice, and you pour that foam over it, you stick your straw in it, and you die of joy. It is so fucking fantastic. (gasps) Hey, Milo, do you like like fizzy water? (laughs) Sparkly water. You like sparkly water. Sparkly water. Um, Do you like ice cream? (laughs) Have you ever have you ever tried mixing the two together? What? Have you ever tried like taking the sparkling water and some ice cream and whipping it up together? Uh, I, what? what? We might Just have to try that. When you go to Maymay's house tonight, I would like to see you do that and then try it and call me when you do. Okay? Goodbye. Oh, goodbye, love. Okay. So I hope that everybody stays safe, has a great week. The Big Payoff is a production of Bonfire Women, Inc., a talent development accelerator for the rising generation of women. You can find out more about us at thebonfire.co. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Please send us your questions, comments, concerns. We love to hear from you. I'm concerned about Rachel, especially after this podcast, and I know you are too. So you can reach us at info at bigpayoffradio.com. This episode of The Big Payoff is still recorded by us at home with headphones on. We are produced by Lily Bellow. We are mixed, edited, and scored by Ryan Derringer at Welterweight Sound. We'll see you next time. Why is it a miracle?